Hello and welcome to Big Problems, Small Solutions, Episode 2. I'm your host, Scott McCormick, and joining me today is Igor Balaz from the University of Nova Sad in Serbia. Hi, Igor. Hi. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself and talk a little bit about your uh, research? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, my primary background is uh, in biology, and uh, even though I, I moved a slightly bit uh, from that field, uh, I think it uh, still is my main uh, uh, focus of research because uh, even during my studies, uh, I became mainly interested in evolution of living systems. Uh, but over time, and especially in my PhD work, I uh, started to wonder what would be the general characteristics of living systems uh, that uh, can be formally described or or modeled uh, in order to try to replicate uh, uh, evolution of these artificial systems to be similar to, to those of natural ones. And uh, here I, I'm mainly thinking about uh, innovation in evolution and uh, how they are able to incorporate uh, novel functions and novel structures into, into existing ones without uh, stopping to work at, at any moment. Uh, and uh, yeah, that, that's one of my main topics of, of curiosity in scientific research. Uh, I think that uh, that's why uh, actually I, I moved uh, more towards computer science and artificial life and artificial intelligence research. Uh, but uh, I think that uh, main uh, uh, topics that uh, are under investigations are more focused towards uh, solving uh, specific problems in in in, in uh, uh, some given field and uh, on the contrary my my, my work uh, uh, tries to be uh, towards general evolvability of of any kind of system. okay so in essence you're taking um, cues from biology where you know things would change over time and ideally improve finding you know the best way to uh, find food or hunt and seeing how those kinds of uh, probabilities and modeling can actually be applied to artificial intelligences uh, yes and uh, uh, I, I think that uh, uh, one of the main uh, problems here is uh, first how to define that kind of general structure that will be able to produce novelties, uh, produce functional novelties, uh, and incorporate them into, into its own functioning. And uh, on the other hand, how to uh, define a, a set of constraints that will guide that kind of evolution toward our needs without uh, explicitly prescribing what uh, uh, this organism or this system should do. Right. So you start with something as simple as a, a you know, a, in evolution, I suppose it would be an organism that is a predator or an organism that's a prey, uh, and then eventually they'll follow their own set of rules. But uh, when it comes to the evolutionary side, ideally the ones that have behaviors that are survivable will rise to the top. Yeah, yeah, that, that's... Uh... 
that's one of the one of the uh, uh, most important approaches in my work. Uh, and uh, also, uh, I think that uh, in order to to achieve that, uh, we need to to give as much as uh, flexibility to to that system uh, as necessary in order to allow him to 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 find his own solution. So so that's why. Uh, I try not to to predefine every something as a as a predator or as a prey uh, that uh, goes towards some specific prey, but try to uh, I'm trying to to uh, design those organisms uh, as uh, <clears throat> as loosely as possible, so they can first uh, try to find uh, what. Uh, exactly works for them uh, what can they recognize in their environment uh, how do they should uh, interact uh, with uh, different objects around it so, so uh, i try not to prescribe this organism is a uh, let's say prey and this is uh, this one is uh, toxic or whatever uh, but uh, instead uh, to just uh, i'm trying to just Redefine uh, possible sets of reactions, and then leave our organ, our evolvable organism, to try to to find its mode of uh, of interaction with its environment. Mm -hmm. So you have a paper which is making sense of nonsense. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, and in that paper, you actually describe this as like an alien uh, just dropped onto a planet and trying to survive, finding out what's or you know like an alien if yeah. on a new planet um what would kill it what won't what it needs to eat and how best it needs to survive so that's an interesting way of looking at it yeah because uh well in biology uh each organism has its own niche and uh, when it tries to go out of its ecological its ecological niche it's a sort of uh, going into some alien environment uh, where he does not know what exactly he should do with uh, the environment, whether something is uh, poisonous or is edible, whether something could uh, serve as a shelter or not, uh, or, and so on. So, so that's, that's why uh, I use that approach where organism is an alien uh, which does not know anything about its environment and uh, try to associate uh, external stimuli with uh, its own embodied uh, ways of reactions. And uh, through trial and error, he will hopefully find a, a, a best way for survival in that, in that environment. Mm. So then that runs, you know, you would run a simulation of that many, many times and in you know, probably similar to real evolution, it took you know hundreds, thousands of yeah, random maybe. chances, yeah. yeah, random chances and uh, random generations to actually create what we are today as human beings. Yeah. So then, if you'd like to apply that to an artificial system, is that an evolutionary learning algorithm that you're trying to create? Yeah, uh, sort of. Uh, it. Uh... This approach does not stick to some uh, uh, of the common evolutionary algorithm approaches, but yeah, the general feeling is here. Uh, we are we we have uh, uh, some uh, set of instructions, and uh, 
the organism is trying to, to find uh, the best solution uh, for functioning uh, uh, in some given instance. Uh, of course, this, this, this paper uh, is based on very simple assumptions. For example, uh, uh, or, uh, for functions that uh, organisms have uh, are not uh, in any way connected with each other, which is not the case in real organisms. We have linked genes, we have linked uh, uh, properties, and a mutation in one gene can have a, a different uh, phenological uh, uh, consequences. Uh, so that's for, for uh, some uh, extended research. But uh, yeah, the general feeling is here. Uh, I, I don't think that uh, at this stage uh, is uh, particularly uh, efficient. Cost efficiency is uh, probably quite low because uh, uh, I intentionally didn't want to, to, to give, give some uh, specific goal to those organisms, except they need to survive. Uh, but on the other hand, I, I, I hope it is a, a strong point because uh, in uh, real nature, uh, basically the, the only uh, goal of any organism is to survive and thrive without uh, predefined other specific goals. Mm. So I know uh, you're in part of cancer research uh, and you're trying to apply. Are you trying to apply these models to cancerous tumors or are you trying to apply the, uh, the AI learning in other ways? Uh, yeah, in, uh, in the current work, we, we are trying several different approaches. Uh, this one uh, uh, I just described is uh, one of those. Uh, and uh, I hope it could be useful because uh, when dealing with cancer, uh, you also, actually, when you're trying to define some uh, uh, therapy uh, against uh, tumor, uh, you're facing uh, with uh, quite complex environment here. Uh, tumor is composed of uh, different types of cells. Its uh, microenvironment is uh, also very changeable and uh, can uh, uh, significantly uh, alter the way of, uh, of functioning of drugs uh, that are applied. And what is uh, probably most important, cancer tumor can also uh, quite rapidly adapt to, to apply the therapy. And uh, you're always in, in a situation uh, like uh, Red Queen Paradox. In, in order to, to, to try to defeat it, you always need to run faster and faster uh, because a, a tumor can uh, mutate or uh, can select for uh, uh, resistant cells. So usually in therapy, when you apply some primary therapy, uh, remaining, uh, and it will kill a, a lot of tumor cells, but remaining cells are quite often uh, resistant, and then you will need to try uh, to find another therapy or to try with combined therapy and so on. So uh, on the one hand, I hope that uh, this kind of approach where we are uh, in silico evolving different therapies in a response to changeable tumor can gain some results, uh, but on the other hand, we, we need to be quite specific and quite precise because the ultimate goal is uh, to go to clinic. So uh, that's why we need to combine this quite loose approach with, uh, with uh, very specific uh, uh, evolutionary algorithms uh, uh, where 
parameters are super precise. Uh, uh, they're, they're defined for some specific tumor and uh, uh, they include into itself uh, all relevant clinical parameters. So in short, yeah, we are trying uh, uh, both ways uh, and uh, in order to, 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 to uh, arrive to, to some optimal approach. Okay, so when it comes to artificial intelligences, um, do you see that they'll eventually outpace us in terms of evolution if, they, if we turn on the evolve uh, simulation and they eventually become smarter than us? Or do you think we might keep a grip on them? Uh, well, uh, I guess, well, actually, I think I hope that uh, we will be able to achieve uh, something that will outpace us. But uh, I'm also quite sure that uh, if uh, we create something that uh, resembles so-called general artificial intelligence, uh, I think it will uh, uh, inevitably came with all our faults. So I'm not so sure that uh, we, that uh, it is even theoretically possible to to uh, create something which is uh, smarter than us, more creative than us, and also always uh, fully rational. Uh, because uh, if we want to create something that is creative, that can uh, generate uh, novel solutions to novel problems, uh, create new concepts and so on. Uh, it uh, inevitably came with uh, all our faults, like uh, emotional uh, uh, responses, uh, not perfect responses and so on. So, so basically, uh, I think that, uh, yes, we will probably be able to create something uh, that is uh, that is functioning as we are, but uh, it will be far from uh, a perfect, perfectly rational being. Like, uh, is it data in Star Trek or? Yes, that's yes. yep, that's the one. <laughs> no, no, I don't think uh, it is achievable. <laughs> well, that's so an interesting way of looking at it. Sorry, uh, uh, maybe uh, j just to try to conclude, uh, maybe that uh, uh, general artificial intelligence will also have its own uh, phobias, uh, anxieties, and so on. Yeah. Well, we can't, can't very well create something perfect if we're not perfect ourselves. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, thank you very much for chatting with me, Igor. Thanks. It was a pleasure. All right. Okay. Uh, and that concludes this episode.